It's better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. This week on Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week on our very special Halloween episode, we talk about the 1997 horror thriller Devil's Advocate, starring Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino, Charlize Theron, Judith Ivy, and Connie Nielsen. Have you seen this movie before? I have. And it changed your life forever. I will say, I know I've seen this movie before, and I was still shocked by the ending. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? Never lost a case. Why? Why do you think? Because you're so fucking good. Yeah. But why? To my father. I'm a little more than that, Kevin. Awfully hot in that courtroom, wasn't it? What's the game plan, Kevin? It was a nice run, Kev. Had to close out someday. Nobody wins them all. What are you? Oh, I have so many names. See. Call me dad. My favorite thing about this is that, uh, sorry to ruin the movie for you if you haven't seen this movie. Spoiler warning. But Al Pacino is the devil and Keanu Reeves is his son and Keanu Reeves' character's name is Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Lomax. Kevin. And to further spoil the movie, um, Connie Nielsen plays a character named Christabella, mm-hmm. which... Um, Feels like it had way more thought put into it oh, than yeah. just Kevin. No offense to Kevin. Like I, I have a cousin named Kevin. Like it's a perfectly fine name. <laughs> no, no offense to Kevin. Son of the Devil there. name. Oh no. No, I don't know. Which there definitely was more thought put into Connie Nielsen's character name because it. I read this in the trivia. It literally translates to "beautiful Christ." Hmm. So, yeah, no, uh, Kevin did not get the same consideration. Welcome, everybody, to Rebooted. I am Brian Flynn, and with me, as always, although not as much as we would like, is my co-host, Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? I'm great. We're just busy people. We're extraordinarily busy you know, people. We don't have time to entertain you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I barely have time to entertain myself uh, anytime. So true. And, you know... As we record this, we're sort of on the precipice of one of the biggest Hollywood strikes in the industry. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe Hollywood will just completely shut down and we can give you a podcast a week like the old yeah. days. We'll just be This churning. is all we'll have left. <laughs> this is all. And we will cling to it. And then we'll, we'll just start a marketing podcast because that's where we'll ultimately <laughs> end up. Um, uh, Ken and I are going to take this classic movie. And recast it as if it was to be remade, remade today in 2021 or, or beyond. You know, hopefully we yeah. recast it so it, it stands on two legs. Um, it is Halloween month. Uh, so we wanted to. Otherwise known as October. October. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we would be remiss if we, we didn't try and bring you some sort of spooktacular episode. Mm. Although um, this movie kind of wades in and out of the water i mean it has devil in the name but it it really feels like a majority of it is like a legal procedural a lot of times but yeah 
it's not, this is not your like, um, ha- typical Halloween gotta watch horror movie. <laughs> I will say when they do do horror, they do it pretty effectively. Yeah, it, it sort of is like a medium dog horror movie. I think we kind of picked it one Keanu. Yeah, 100%. Um, Pacino gives an insane performance as... As usual. As usual. <laughs> um, baby face Charlize Theron is in this movie. So good. A lot of other sort of character act- actors pop up here and mm-hmm. there. It, 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 and it kind of... It was... It, it it slides right into this sort of 90s nostalgia thing where I feel like if you if it's a, like a cloudy Sunday in October, yeah, you see that DVD of Devil's Advocate. Or it just happens it to be on like TNT. Like that feels like yeah. the place for Devil's Advocate. <laughs> it was on HBO Max for a long time and then I went oh. to go rewatch it and I had to rent it because they took it off. I'm like, you sons of bitches. The thing is, I feel like this keeps happening where we decide to do it and I have to rent it. But then like two weeks later, I'm on HBO Max and they have all the movies we've ever done that I had to buy. <laughs> I think what's happening is someone is someone important is actually listening to this. <gasps> And they're spying on us, and they're mining our data and our conversations, and they're they're just they're just fucking with us at this Make point. Make yourself known, because <laughs> paying two ninety nine to watch these movies is excruciating. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into this movie, Ken and I are going to talk about some reboot news. We haven't really been with you guys for a long time, so I'm sure we we're missing some things. But we we plucked a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. First thing on the docket is the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer making a comeback on Disney Plus with David Oyela. Whoa, Oyelowo. Help me out here, David. Oyelowo. Oyelowo. I practiced that for a long time when he was nominated for Selma. And that's the thing. I know exactly who it is, and mm-hmm. it's just always just like boo. Um. Anyways, David Oyelowo is producing and circling to star. Ed Rycourt is penning the script this is coming off deadline um disney is reviving cult classic favorite the rocketeer with a new disney plus movie titled return of the rocketeer very original uh david and jessica oyella are producing under their your uh yoruba saxon banner the project written by ed rycourt will also be possible what oh will also be a possible starring project for the Selma actor. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then they give a little bit snippet of what it's um, about, um, which I read weeks ago, and I'm having trouble finding it, but it's something to do with like a retired Tuskegee Airman mm-hmm. discovering the famous Rocketeer jetpack and costume. I have a, I, I, I'm just to move this podcast along, and so I'm not spending forever digging into this article. I thought I read somewhere where. It's like this airman and his daughter hmm. find it, right? And the daughter's the rocketeer, a yellow oh. playing the Tuskegee Airman. Because I, I thought I heard details where it was like, the first one is like late '30s, early '40s Nazi era. Yeah. Um. So pulp. Thinking like David Oyelowo will play the sort of like helpful sidekick character from the original yeah was that alan arkin yeah we did this we did this like so long ago i reworked the throttle so just squeeze her like a gas pedal and if you want to stop mash down hard and then let go okay how do i look like a hood ornament alan arkin yeah he played pv the the mechanic i'm also thinking of a um i think i'm confusing a couple cw shows that also have this sort of like generational superhero vibe to it Mm -hmm. like i think star girl or um 
it's everybody's like the daughter of Mm -hmm. the cousin of Mm -hmm. the spiritual child of (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think of this project disney plus rocketeer an old you know property an original property that sort of had its moment 91 wow this is you know jennifer Connolly, timothy dalton billy campbell uh, Billy Campbell. What happened? Heavy is the chin. Heavy is the head that wears the, <laughs> that chin. I Here's the thing. I think that there is a good nostalgia for the movie. Like, people who like it really like it. And so, why, why not do something like that if you are interested in making it for the nostalgia's sake and bringing all these things back that feel iconic to the original movie? Like... I think there is just a lot of um, a lot of emotional equity with this one that could really pay off. But again, who knows? I'm thinking about Disney Plus's platform, right? Mm-hmm. There's clearly a lot of money being thrown at Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, those shows seem to have like a huge budget of things. I haven't yet watched Mighty Ducks, the the Return or whatever it is. They got Emilio back, so I'm sure they're pumping. And Jennifer Graham is there. Like I, I'm Lauren, Jennifer Graham, Lauren, Lauren Graham, Graham, Lauren Graham. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure they're investing a lot of, you know, resources into these sort of lesser known remakes. Yeah. I feel like for this, you got to pump a little money into it because it could be really f- exciting, especially for like young kids who love sort of that action adventure genre, like. Finding a jetpack is fucking cool. That's a cool, like, Spielbergian type yeah. of movie that Disney Plus could capitalize on. But you got to make it look cool. You really kind of got to make it look And you're right. Sick. I think what's unfortunate is that it probably wouldn't get the amount of money and energy that Marvel and Star Wars projects will get. But... That might just be the nature of the beast. Like, they know they can make this for cheaper, but... Honestly, I'm thinking about the old movie and I'm like, you know what? There's a hokiness to it, but like seeing a modern version where things can look really sharp and clean, like, let's do it. Yeah. What are we talking about next? We are talking about something everybody wants to see, a TV spinoff of Pitch Perfect. Adam Devine, who starred in the first two Pitch Perfect movies, will headline this series and will reprise his role as Bumper Allen, the vocal villain who fans love to loathe. Honestly, I think we liked to like him eventually, but... <laughs> I think by two, he kind of right, he became a part of it. Um, it follows this character several years after viewers saw him in the films as he moves to Germany to revive his music career when one of his songs becomes big in Berlin. Honestly, why not? I here's the thing. I know that it definitely feels overplayed, like how popular the movie was, but I think it was still a ton of fun, and I I would watch something like this. Like if they if it is, I think catered more to the late twenty something, thirty somethings who really I think caught the fire, got the fire going for Pitch Perfect. Like 
It could be a lot of fun. Tribbles, listen up. Uh, if this is about the Bellas getting into the finals, we already know. I don't give a crap about those dumb bitches because I'm being brought up to the musical big leagues. What are you talking about? John Mayer just asked me personally through an assistant to sing backup on his new CD. I'll leave for Los Angeles in a few hours, so let's get going. But Bumper, what about the ICCAs there this weekend? Mm, sorry, buddies, but I won that shit like a hundred times, so I'm out of here. Got a collarless leather jacket to buy. Maybe some aviators. I might get an earring. I don't know. It's Los Angeles. This is exciting stuff. My life rules. Yeah, I, I mean, Peacock is a wonderful streaming platform. I, I, I won't say otherwise. And they need uh, they need to lean on some pretty big tentpole properties. I think everyone loves a, a musical show. Yeah. Did you ever watch Glee? Oh, yeah. I, Who wasn't watching Glee? I was probably too old to be watching Glee, and I was watching Glee. I was just like, <laughs> I, I hate this show more than anything, and I'm watching every single episode to see if they're getting to regionals. But, like, uh, I think people, I think I think this is a no-brainer, like you said. Like, it just, it makes sense. Um, It makes sense for a lot of things. It makes sense for... NBC Universal. It makes sense for Peacock. It made sense for the brand. It makes sense for Adam Devine's wallet and European mm -hmm. honeymoon. Whatever he wants to do in Germany, he gets yeah. to do it. I mean, do you think they're really shooting this in Germany, though? I, I think they're going to shoot some of it in Germany and okay. then some of it in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta doubling for Germany. More times than you think, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... Who knows? Who really knows? We We've don't. been wrong before. We don't know anything. Okay. Um, why don't we get into the spooks and the and the frights <laughs> from the scariest movie from we've the ever scariest seen. movie we've ever seen? Again, really like a mid tier level <laughs> horror movie. Uh, you ready to talk about this movie? Yeah, let's do it, guys. This is a reboot of Devil's Advocate. You offering me a job? I'm thinking about it. I know you got talent. I, I knew that before you got here. It's just the other thing I wonder about. What thing is that? Pressure. Changes everything, pressure. Some people, you squeeze them, they focus. Others fold. Can you summon your talent at will? Can you deliver on a deadline? And you sleep at night. When do we talk about money? Money? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the easy part. While we were watching this, I googled the meaning of Kevin. <laughs> okay. It means of noble birth. Hmm. So there you go. Wow, maybe, sorry to all the Kevins. We maybe questioned it, it. We owe a lot of Kevins an apology. Um... God, where are my notes? This is some dark stuff. What, this movie? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, it really grabbed, you know, the biblical Satan by the proverbial horns and mm -hmm. really sort of threw it into a late 90s legal drama with so much nudity. Like, an egregious oh, amount yeah. of nudity. There is, like, zero subtext to this movie. It's like... The sex is explicit. Every like the movie's literally called Devil's Advocate because Kevin is, haha, 
the devil's advocate. Like (laughs) there's just so much to this where it's like, yeah, of course it's so explicitly like what it is. And that includes just tons, tons of nudity. But it it, like, it's still effective in a way. I, I, I was just struggling. Like, how do you, how do you do this today? Like, how do you do this smartly? Can you do it smartly? What does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. How did you find recasting this thing? I really tried to do something with it. <laughs> but every, like, I would t- I would think myself into a corner, though, every time I was like, ooh, what if it was this? And then I'd think about the story and what it needed to be and what it could be. And I was just like, oh, no, that doesn't work. So I think I've come up with, like, my little twist. <laughs> But it really felt like there were such specific things that make up this story that I was like, okay, I think it just is what it is. I re- yeah, I, I I felt the same. Like I tried to gender swap this like a thousand different times. Oh, yeah. And then at points I was just like, well, what does that mean then? Like, you know, it's like, okay, so Satan's a woman now. What are we saying with that? Is that right. like women are evil or okay, Kevin's a woman now. Okay, what are we saying with that? Like original sin? Like, okay, like I think I mental pretzeled myself into a point where I was just like, just pick actors. Right. <laughs> just pick, like literally there was a point where I was like, pick the person that you were like, oh, that's it. Like yeah. don't think about it too much because – there were just so many points where I was like, I'm not trying to say anything. Like, this is just white people talking about the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and it does not need to be anything else. The because cl- <laughs> The closest that I got to, like, remaking this into, like, a better version, which is maybe just boiled down to it as white people talking about the devil, <laughs> would be, like, a succession type show Mm. where it's not about like oh we're like cutthroat lawyers and we just care about acquittals and acquittals and we're gonna get all these child rapists off and we're gonna get these murderers off and we're gonna just free everybody instead it's just like it has to be something more nuanced about power and that's all i said it was just like i don't care if it's bankers tech people politicians world leaders I don't give a shit. It's just some sort of power thing, and that will yada yada this later. Um, Because I will say, some of the stuff that... I think the opening case is a bit much. Oh. Like... Yeah. Heather Matarazzo, God bless her, is on the stand, really telling us a sad story, and like... Keanu watching his client be really disgusting and all that business. And then like coming up with the sort of slight turn that creates reasonable doubt and forces people not to believe this girl was so ugly. Like something about it. I was like, this is, I don't think this works today. I think it's too, it's laying it on a little too thick. That's not the way it happened. You told them to lie, to falsely claim that Mr. Geddes had hurt them. These things did happen. Because if they didn't go along, you were going to tell everyone about this special party. They happened to me. So you made up a story, a special story, a story about a math teacher who was tough on you, who kept you after class, a huge hog beast you didn't like. That's what really happened, isn't it? No, I didn't want to be the only one. 
Devil's Advocate was directed by Taylor Hackford, director of uh, such movies as Office, An Officer and a Gentleman, and Dolores Claiborne. Two movies that uh, stuck out to me on his IMDb, and I, I haven't watched either. I think I've seen parts of Officer and a Gentleman. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen anything of Dolores Claiborne, but I hear good things. Uh, it stars Keanu Reeves as Kevin Lomax, Al Pacino as John Milton, a.k.a. Satan, mm. Charlize Theron as Mary Ann Lomax, Judy Ivey as Mrs. Alice Lomax, and Connie Nielsen as Cristabella Androel. Andreoli. <clears throat> nailed it um yeah um yeah i just sort of i i i i felt really old casting this movie like i hadn't we hadn't done it in a while and Uh i feel like casting is a young person's game and i was just like (laughs) i don't know if i I can tom cruise Tom Holland and Tom Cruise. There you go. That's Ooh, a movie. There you go. Tom and Tom. No, that it was great on a poster. I just felt rusty about this. Okay, let's let's uh let's move into uh, Kevin, played by Ke- the Keanu Reeves. Let me ask you this: Is this a top five Keanu performance? No. It's very, it's very middle of the road. I'm not saying that's not good, but it's very like sitting at the at the mid level point. Top ten. Maybe top ten. So I have Matrix, Speed, okay. Point Break. Oh, you made a list. Okay. This. <laughs> and obviously a tie between Dracula and Destination Wedding. No. <laughs> Dracula's better than I do think this Wedding. is like one of his better performances, weirdly. I just think it's like a ludicrous movie. I really wish, because as we know, Keanu is a master of accents. And he's from Florida. He's from Gainesville. And they, he's doing like a very... Georgian? A very like subtle, sometimes disappearing accent that I was like, this does not scream Florida, but also it's not strong enough to scream anything else. So I don't know. I kind of wish that they had just went for it. It felt like more Georgia or Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a master of dialects either, but like it, like... It felt it felt like Savannah by means of Malibu, California. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's really he's just a California kid. Like honestly, 100%. Like, he's he's got so much surfer dude in him. It's really hard, but yeah, that was it was odd. It was odd. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. I don't. I'm not scared. All right. Um, I'm not scared of this. I was terrified during the movie. Um, for my Kevin Lomax, I just can't get over it. What is the name? What is the name? What did I mean to say just then? <laughs> what is that name? Okay, here's the thing. Not to rail against the name Kevin any further, but like when you're writing a screenplay and you want to name your character Kevin, mm-hmm. your character better be a teenage boy who wants to have a big house party to impress a girl. You know what I mean? Like right. that's a Kevin. Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Kevin the bird from Up. <laughs> These are our Kevins. <laughs> Kevin from The Office. You see, yeah, you see like, that, those are Kevins. There, Kevin, there's a feel to a Kevin. This is not a Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, Kevin is. Here's what was tough about Kevin. I love Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Love this man. I. This character was really despicable in so many ways. Like his downfall into just absolute disgustingness 
is so is so gross that it was like okay you guys are doing it because as much as i love keanu what was the what's like peak like i can't believe like him not believing his wife i mean i think it's like peak i can't believe is when he has that conversation with milton about how like he knows he knows it's a possibility that him being on this case is making his wife feel worse but he won't give it up because he'd resent her if he gave it up and she got better you know what scares me? I quit the case. She gets better. And I hate her for it. I don't want to resent her, John. I've got a winner here. I've got to nail this fucker down. Do it fast and put it behind me. Just get it done. Then, then, put all my energy into her. You just took your wife to a psych ward. <laughs> you are a sociopath. Um... Yeah. Anyway, they did a good job, I think, of making someone who's incredibly likable, very sketchy. And so thinking of it like that, I was like, I don't want somebody who's like Keanu Reeves. Like, I kind of want it to be someone who is like a little bit slick and that I think I could just more easily see falling into this trap so that when the surprise twist at the ending happens, you're like, oh, no. It's it's more of a shock that like, oh, he's a good guy. He really made this decision. Like, I thought that all of this was just going to take him down a okay. road. Does that make sense? Sort of, because there's kind of two endings, right? It's like yes. the confrontation where he's like, I need you to, spoiler alert, I need you to fuck your sister mm-hmm. so that you can create the Antichrist and then like rule the world. And he kills himself, and then he gets a second chance. It's sort of like yeah. second chance, like grace comes to him, and he's now given a second chance. But then that end of that, the the guy who's like, let's do the interview, he morphs into Al Pacino, and you're then stuck to think like, well, is this just doomed to happen anyways? Because mm. the devil's a slick, slick willy kind of guy. Like, <laughs> so you're talking about the first this- climax of the movie. Well, I would say the second one, because there is a choice facing him when he returns to the present timeline and has to go in and try to defend the child rapist. And so when he makes that decision and you're like, oh, whew, like he didn't just see this as like some like weird premonition warning, like it was like real to him. And so you feel this like relief that it's like, oh, yeah, he's a good person. Like it's not... It just doesn't feel as, like, final. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, this person has uh, been in the news as of late with some big casting news. And I think he's a really phenomenal actor that we don't see often, but that I can totally see in this part. I picked Will Poulter. Oh, yeah. Recently cast as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I have no idea what that means, but I have seen the headlines and I was like, oh, look at him. Okay, you know Marvel, right? It's this big company. <laughs> it's it's like another celestial Let's character. Go even further back. What yeah. is a superhero? Oh, man. The year is 1939. <laughs> and two Jewish boys out of Cleveland. No, okay. So, yeah. So, I, what is a Jew? <laughs> Mesopotamia. <laughs> okay, the year is 1000 BC. Abraham walks. No. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I think that's a great 
casting choice. What did I want? I was her- hereditary. Uh, he was in hereditary. Was he? Yeah, he's one of the anthropology friends. He pisses on the tree. Oh. Right? I'm not thinking of someone crazy. Will Poulter, English guy, crazy eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. He's the guy who pisses on a tree and then they, spoiler alert for heret. Now I'm, spo- <laughs> not hereditary, Midsummer. Sorry, Midsummer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very much. He uh, yeah, he pisses on the tree and then turn it, yeah, they peel his skin off. It's pretty work pretty gnarly yeah i mean honestly though he deserved it because the way they talk about florence p at the beginning guys go watch this movie you just want to get real mad Uh, you know they but the thing about that is like they hate her guts because everything they know about her is through we're not talking we're not talking about midsummer anyways Mm -hmm. um will poulter was in something recently that i was like he's very very good and so and I'll say this, every time I think of him, I think about how in the original version of It, the reboot that was supposed to happen, he was supposed to play Pennywise, and it could have been huge for him. But we mm. never got to see that. And I didn't know that. I'm just so curious what that would have been like, because I think, I think he has that sort of like nice guy energy that can turn sinister pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm thinking Detroit, which wasn't particularly recent, but... Yeah, I agree. Oh, he's going to be in Dope Sick. I really want to watch that. Um, I think that's a great choice. I And I like that where it's like making him someone that you kind of hate the whole time. But you like it's like he's a bad person, mm. but we're watching him because he he's walking through this world and it's kind of like weird. And so he's like kind of our avatar through this place. And then getting that moral conscious at the end after like everything's been torn down feels really, really interesting. Man, she knew it. She knew it. She knew it, so you destroyed her. You blaming me for Marianne? Oh, I hope you're kidding. Marianne, you could have saved her anytime you like. All she wanted was love. Hey, you were too busy. That's a lie. Marianne in New York? Face it. You started looking a better deal, her, the minute you got here. That's not true. You don't know what we had. You don't know anything about it. Hey, I'm on your side. You're a liar. Yeah, I love that pick. I went in a in a different way. I sort of stuck on this idea of vanity. <clears throat> mm. And I think I was also thinking like, well, you got to get out of the lawyer realm. It's just because it just kind of bugged me. Like, I don't care about movies about lawyers, really. Like... And it's also, it feels like a very 90s joke to be like, <laughs> lawyers, right? The scum of the earth. I know. Um, I ended up picking Aldous Hodge mm. from uh, One Night in Miami and uh, Invisible Man and a bunch of other stuff. I like him a lot. To me, he is currently at this place where I sort of feel like he is a leading man. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't hasn't gotten the opportunity to kind of step out into the light as much, mm-hmm. but he's tall. He's handsome. Like he seems like, like someone in our real world that we could like an, like an African-American celebrity that would like be on a magazine cover and mm. like have the, that shade of like celebrity for like whatever, whatever he's doing. Like, and then to, and then, have that whole world kind of be corrupted by this Milton character in some way. Like, mm. like when my brain thinks of politics, I'm like, okay, he's, he could play like 
kind of like an Obama, right? A young, yeah. up-and-coming, progressive politician, wants to change things, wants to do something new. Maybe he's a tech you know, billionaire. He designed an app and then he became like the ethical tech guy or, or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. like, I just sort of saw him there. There's, there's like some weird scene in this movie where like they're walking through Chinatown, I think. And Milton is giving this spiel about how he's like, he's underground. Right. He's overlooked. And that's his strength. Like Kevin, Kevin's missing out because he's this tall, shining white knight you know and that's sort of where True. my where he my brain went never looked better <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah. everyone in this movie maybe except al pacino <laughs> has never looked better <laughs> but i can say for a fact al pacino would not go on to look better than he did in this movie <laughs> so yes <clears throat> but um Point taken so that's where i went and i, I so I, uh, I picked aldous hodge and i and i think he's a really great actor and i think we're gonna see more hopefully we see more of him as yeah as things I hope so too. I I went to the Invisible Man premiere, humble brag. Whoa. Just brag. Um, and I remember seeing him on the street afterwards and having that moment where like if we live in LA, sometimes you see people and something about them gives away that it's like they're probably an actor. Like even if they're not famous, you're like, mm. They probably act. And there is something about him that is very much like, this man is not like a, an actor, like a movie star type person that I don't know what he's doing. Because he's very striking. And I think he is seeing him in something like The Invisible Man was like, oh, I think you could do lots of things. So I hope we get to see him in stuff like this, where it is like a very multidimensional character study <laughs> not just the Am I allowed to say things like that about this movie i think so. i mean uh, let's be real like the 90s devil's advocate is straight up just like a straight white male fantasy like like kind of it's all very like heteronormative like there's no actress i think except the mother who doesn't take her top off right or show her crotch or like you know it's like the women have very little purpose mm. other than to be objects for which you clearly realize Milton is sleeping with all of his employees and yeah. his employees' wives, but not the men, not the dudes, not the, no, no way, way, no homo. <laughs> like, it's very clear that it's like, this Satan is straight. <laughs> which is so funny because in reality, I'm like... What's way more interesting is the idea that, like, he does anything. Yeah. And there totally. there are no bounds. Totally. But it does very much feel like, especially they, like, go to his apartment and it's like, oh, like, it's just one big office. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got, like, metal beams in it and, and like, like, shitty art. Right. Like, the idea is, like, at one point they're like, well, where does he sleep? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, where does he fuck? Anywhere! <laughs> and Al Pacino's like, everywhere, everywhere! Everywhere! But the idea, I think, is to be like, oh, this guy. This guy does whatever he wants with women. And totally. it's very much like that fantasy for the very, like, bro-y, straight white male of like, oh, that would be the life. Oh, like, he totally would have sex and had sex with his own daughter. Yeah. Then have sex with a man. Then get, like... <laughs> 
a blowy from like a, a male boy. Like it is very clearly like. It's so funny though. Cause I'm like, it is, it is a hundred percent written by people who are like, well, this is what I would expect. Like the seduction and debauchery to look like for me when like the character of the devil would so clearly just be like, whatever. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> Like I mean, even the fluid, fact- completely just like I don't give a fuck. I will, I like, not to get gross, but probably just like I'll fuck them. I'll fuck all of these people. I don't Which care their age. Great- I don't care. I'll fuck this. I'll fuck a goat. I'll fuck a <laughs> fish. I don't fu- like. You know what I mean? Like it's just ba- there's no boundaries to his sexual. Which would be a great scene for Al Pacino to deliver lines. Like I'll fuck a fish. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, but I think too, like going into John Milton, the name of the man who wrote Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost, another absolutely zero subtlety. Um, for me, I was like, it almost doesn't make sense for him to be someone like Al Pacino. And I know I, first of all, because I know I asked the same question when we did Dick Tracy, but is he a good actor? <laughs> Twice I've asked myself this question watching him, and I still don't know. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven, is that it? Why not? I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of man! On top of that, I'm like, he's not someone who is really in his prime or necessarily like a seductive person visually. (laughs) Which maybe that's the point. Like he is silver-tongued and manipulative and it just doesn't matter. But for me, I was like, I think what's way more fascinating is if the devil is eternal as who he wants to be like he can change shapes but like i want him to kind of be the same age as kevin Mm. because i think in a way like what you're saying about it being like bro fest in a way i'm like what's way more interesting is like kevin seeing someone who is around his age has immense success in business with women like all of these things and so it's easier for you to see that and be like oh i just want what this guy has so i'm gonna follow him anywhere because it's like a fucked up gatsby right right i mean gatsby is pretty messed up but (laughs) um so i picked and i picked this actor a ton and i decided who cares because i think he's great and should maybe be in everything i picked nicholas holt for my John Milton. Hmm. Because I like the idea that he could be that sort of like tall, dark, handsome, how did he get here kind of person that pulls Kevin into his dark world. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I, just one, Nicholas Holt as a performer is tremendous, but like the idea behind that pick makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is just me talking, but like, does it make sense nowadays to be like, I want to impress the boss or does it make way more sense to be like, I wanted to impress the person I want to be like, Mm. 
you know, if these are all influencers or something and like Nicholas Holt is top of the mountain and then Will Poulter's coming in and he's seeing that, it's like, oh, I, I want to hang around this guy because that will increase my influence. It will increase my circle. It will increase, yeah. you know, my my profitability. And then it's like, oh, he thinks they're becoming friends. He yeah. thinks they're becoming friends and really it's just like, no, I'm destroying you because I want to own your fucking soul. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's, yeah. I think that's really great. Um, <clears throat> so great job. I think you did a lot more thinking on this than I did. I took a, a wildly different approach for okay. my Satan. And because it, here's what's hard. Um, they do have to be like an A plus captivating performer or yes. else who gives a shit. Um, and in this case, John is very much like a behind the curtain guy. He doesn't mm -hmm. like want to be super in the spotlight. Um, but that's hard to balance, right? It's hard to be right. like, oh, I'm going to cast. Because I, I thought about this a lot. I'm going to cast like not a B or C level celebrity, but like someone who plays sort of a periphery person. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, but I don't know. So, okay. I ended up picking Michael Keaton. He's incredible. Yes. And the last like five to seven years, we've seen an, an immense resurgence of his talent mm -hmm. in, a, in so many things. He can be wild at times, but like I feel like his performances now are way more nuanced and he can still be very terrifying mm. when he needs to be. Yeah. Plus, he's just fun to watch. But the thing that I, the reason I really picked him is because for my Satan, I was really trying to think of, on, I, I, honestly, I was really trying to think of like someone who maybe, whose time is like passing mm. and like kind of knows it's pa he's passing. And so he's trying to get to that point where he can be young again or something like that. Yeah. So I really saw him as sort of like, not to get super political, but like the embodiment of like the Democratic National Party, where it's mm. like all these young people are screaming for like progressive ideas and pushing forward like very big civil right and uh, gender right, you know, ideas and, and notions. And then here comes this fucking boomer being like yeah I, I think you're right i think you're mm. the future i think you are the face of the future and i'm just i'm here to just show you yeah how to take the reins and i you know i just i just want to step to the side i want to help you get to be the guy in front i want to you know mm. my time's over and then really what he's doing is like seizing power yeah totally because that's all he does that's all fucking these money grubby billionaire people want to do right? right so that's like all the corporations that are like he's a corporation we're with you exactly we're one he's of fucking you. he's yeah. starbucks during pride you know what i mean like it, it's it's it, rainbow washing that, yeah it's like that exact idea of just like um yeah he comes in as an ally to the whatever cause or belief and then just corrupts it co-ops it and takes it and leaves you with fucking you're you're a you're a your body on the shore, you know, to yeah. just making the profit go tick, 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 tick up. There's something really cool, I think, about the idea of it being about, like, do-gooders 
who do have genuinely good ideas, but ultimately about it being like your influence as a person, as opposed to actually helping people. Like that feels like a very current zeitgeisty way to talk about what power looks like Hmm. today. Which is so funny because I feel like there's a whole audience that would be like, yeah, you're right. Those people are the devil. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. Um, I will remind you, and if I don't know if you can find this anywhere, but please go watch. There's like a scene where they go out and they go flamenco dancing. Yeah. And Al Pacino gets up to dance with the woman that's like dancing in front of them. And it is truly one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The faces he's making, the fact that he's just always going, oh, hey, I was like, <laughs> you are an impression of yourself right now. I, I couldn't believe it. I honestly want to go back and watch like all of his movies because I really feel like as soon as like Scent of a Woman hit, he just didn't turn back. It was just like, this, this is, is just who I am now, <laughs> I am now and nothing's going to change me. Um, should we move on to Marianne, played by an extraordinarily young Charlize Theron? There's a 10-year difference between her and Keanu at this She's point. 20, 21 when this mm-hmm. movie was made. I feel so bad for this character. <sighs> Mostly because, like, she is written as, like, the crazy woman. Totally. And, there again, there's no subtlety, no nuance. It's literally, like, she's the person who sees the reality and everybody literally shoves her into a corner. And it's like, even harder because they make her crazy about wanting a baby. Yeah. She says this line early, like when they first moved to New York. First of all, let, let's just sort of talk about her as a whole. When we first meet her, mm-hmm. she kind of looks like a woman who's like gold digging Keanu Reeves a bit, right? Like, I never got the <laughs> sense that she was like supposed to be like a young girl next door type until she like moves to New York and then is suddenly like swallowed whole by the entire New York apparatus, right? Well, I feel like what I get from her character at the beginning is that, like, she and Keanu are, like, partners in a way. Like, they're both go-getters. Like, he's becoming extremely successful, and she's doing her... She, she um, repos cars? Or is, like... I forget. I think yeah. she says something like that. But, like, the way they make it seem, it's like, oh, she's working all the time, too, and they are just, like, a young, hungry couple... And then what's weird is, like, when they leave for New York, then start stuff starts coming up about how, like, maybe we should, like, give your mom some grandkids or, like, maybe we should start thinking about a family. And sh- it's, like, the perception of her for me flips where I'm, like, oh, wow, she's, she's like, obsessed with this. Yeah. Okay. So that, there, there's a line when after the montage of them moving into the penthouse and she can't figure out which green to paint the room. <laughs> Um, because that's how Satan drives women crazy. Interior design stress. You want to manipulate a woman? (laughs) Tell her these colors are ugly. (laughs) She's then at the, 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 you know, she sits on the couch and she tells the other, you know, the other demon lady, like, I, this is the first time I haven't had a job since I was 13. Yeah. And I was like, then get another job. You seem to be a real get goer. And that's a much more interesting character than her just, like, fully transforming into a housewife who then goes mentally insane. Like... It's wild, because I'm like, that's way more interesting if, like, some of this tension is, like, 
I know you make a ton of money and you can take care of our family and we really want to start a family, but like, I can't stop working. Like I am a, I want to contribute to this too. And the seduction into the world of like, be one of these like housewives who like cheats on their husband and takes all their money and goes shopping in the middle of the day, gets her hair done just because some man told her she would look better some in another man, way. John Milton told <laughs> the her. Devil. The devil. The told devil told her her hair was her. ugly, which, you know, been there. <laughs> I, I liked her short hair. I'll just be honest. I, I Wouldn't it have been cleaner if she was just like, I miss you. Uh, I'm bored here. I want to get a job in the firm. And then Keanu was like, I don't know. You know, it's sort of my thing. She's like, no, I talked to Milton. He thinks it's a great idea. I'm going to start doing, you know, publicity or not publicity, but like, um, yeah, I guess publicity, you know, companies have to have like, what are they called? Yeah. I'm sure they have PR people. Front facing department, whatever. And guess what happens? She's drawn into Milton's orbit. Mm -hmm. Like, don't you think that's a, uh, it's just, it just feels a lot better than just like, they took my uterus. I can't have babies. It's like, what? There's also so much that, like, leading up to some of these revelations, we're not given the hint. Like, literally, she he comes home one day, and she's like, he come in, came into our house, and I don't know, like, what we did. And the whole time you're like, wait, what? Like, this has escalated to a level that, like, I thought we were just, like, there was shady stuff happening, and you were being manipulated. But it's like, no, he came into our house and raped me and yeah. messed up my body. like For, like, hours. Yes. Like, <clears throat> it's all, like, a fast track to her being committed, which is so heartbreaking, the scene where she ultimately is, like, kills herself, and it's... Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the scene where she's just like, he did this to me in the church. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. And, and Keanu's first reaction is not like, holy cow. He's like, well, uh, he's like, what did you do? You're embarrassing me. He's like, what did you do? What did you do to yourself? When really it's all his fault because this man, twice, I feel like this man made big uh, relationships, relationship mistakes. The first was when she asks him about her hair and he says, I think it's fine. Oh boy. I listen, I don't he says, feel like I have not to- only that, he says, I think it's fine. I think it's traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this out loud, but it doesn't matter who you are. If the person you're in a relationship was like with is like, oh, I made a little change. What do you think? You need to be as enthusiastic about it as possible. Like they either love it or they hate it, but what they want is reassurance in that moment. If you think the words, I think it's fine, do not say that out loud. This is insane. But then also, he's also just not a great communicator because later Charlize is like, when she is officially like, I can't have children because her uterus is gone. And, and the baby's playing with it, right? At first, I was like, what yeah. is this? And then later, it's like, they took my uterus. And then I was just like, or they took my ovaries or they took my uterus? Something like that. And then I was just like, was that a whole uterus I I was watching? Like, it was like delayed terror because at first, it's just yeah. like a pile of And you're like, oh, stuff. guts. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, cool guts. It was this really delayed reaction because the baby's not scary. It's a baby. And it's 
just like such a missed <clears throat> opportunity because the symbolism of it, like, oh, there may be potential child playing with the, like, I don't think it worked, but Kevin's like reaction to her thinking like, oh, you're going to leave me because I can't give you a family. She says like, you're going to leave me, aren't you? And he says nothing. They took my ovaries and told you right here. Marianne, it was a nightmare. It didn't happen. My sisters have seven children between them. My mother had Derek when she was 45. You could have set a clock by my periods. Baby, what are you talking about? Kevin, I can't have children. Whose turn is it? Do you want to go? Sure. Okay. Um, I think to play more, because it's really one of those things where, like, Charlize is model-esque, gorgeous, very much looks like a movie star, and I think we're supposed to think of her as sort of like the uncomfortable, slight country bumpkin who's like put into this unusual place and she's very uncomfortable. And so I kind of wanted to pick someone who is beautiful. So it's like there's no doubt of her like standing next to some of these like women mm -hmm. in the law firm, but sort of is already like mousy. Like I feel like we get there when she like dyes her hair dark and cuts it short. Mm -hmm. And, but I kind of just wanted this person to start out as very like every woman. Cause I think ultimately that's where we want her to land where it's like, oh, well compared to these women, because beauty is everything. Um, anyway, I picked Olivia Cook, who I think is an incredible actress and could play this like downfall a little more elegantly. I think Charlize did the best with what she was given. But in a in a perfect world where this is less like don't believe the crazy woman, I think she would definitely play that decline very well and come off as the sort of like young, supportive, small town wife who is thrust into the devil's playground. <laughs> She's a very good actress. I like this pick. I see what you're saying though, where it's like she fits in she she's from nowhere and is sort of a standout mm -hmm. then she comes to new york gets intimidated but can hang for a bit and then is slowly kind of pushed into the background yeah. of like charlie's is a florida 10 and a new york 6 like that's what we're supposed to see but it's charlie but charlie's is a 10 everywhere so yeah. it's like um yeah i think that's i think this is a great pick i i love how you went younger i really tried to go younger because it's like It's more appealing, you know, I guess it, in a way that for young people to, to get to this level of power is mm -hmm. way more intriguing than like a 38-year-old, no offense to me, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, and, and, I, and I really like that. Yeah. And she, the thing about Marianne too is like, it's. It, it's really not about her going crazy or the baby or whatever it is. It's about isolation, right? Mm -hmm. It's about isolating an actress in scenes and in a world and watching her slowly kind of wither because she's not getting the things that keep people alive. She she has her husband 
you know, she was moved away from her family, maybe. She's moved away from her friends. Mm. Uh, she's changed her hair. She doesn't recognize herself. Her husband's away all the time. She has no real friends. Like, <clears throat> so she sits in the apartment. And yeah. then the apartment is wrong. And she can't get it right. And she's watching people outside. And, it, like, it's all about isolating that person. I mean, I feel like Olivia Cook in that world, you could watch as, like, this precious thing sort of, like, dying slowly. Yeah. And would be a tremendous performance to watch. That's the mentality I had picking my actress. Mm -hmm. I ended up picking a newcomer, Taylor Page from At Zola. Oh. Um, who Fantastic. I thought was fucking awesome in that movie, but brings like a, a like a realism to, mm -hmm. you know, to that to that character. And so I I feel like her Marianne could be like someone you would be like, I know Marianne. I'm friends with Marianne. Like mm -hmm. I, I know exactly who that person is. And to watch her slowly get cut off from every single thing that she loves, like uh, maybe it's like her career, or maybe it's like her 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 mom or, or her dad or her or her siblings or something, her nephews, like uh, whatever. It it would be devastating because you'd be like, I I am that person. Or yeah. You know, like it's, it's definitely the sort of thing where I, you want to, to see her as a woman. I was like, I want to see her as the person who she would call back home and be like, you will never guess the weird things that I've seen. <laughs> and I would be like, you in danger, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. to, But to see it as like this is a real person who's like, this just feels this just feels a little off. I saw a demon face on right. one of my my husband's co-workers wives like, face like what i think, do you think that's about <laughs> i think it has to sort of start with a little gaslighting mm -hmm. amp up into the supernatural and then really kind of teeter her over the edge somehow yeah. this really was just like let's go shopping with the ladies and as we all like make you uncomfortable as we make you feel us up you're gonna see so some odd. demons and you're just like so odd. This is such a male idea of oh. what women do. It, like it really. <laughs> do, you, do you like my boob job? Here, touch it. Dr. Robert, I'm telling you, he's a miracle man. You've seen my new tits. I mean, who does it better than that? It's not my tits I'm worried about. Not too big. Perfect. Real or not? They look real. They must be real. <laughs> Feel them. Oh, no, it's okay, really. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's the ultimate test. Come on. Feel real? Yes, absolutely real. <laughs> Dr. Robert. Which, to okay. be fair, if my best friend got a boob job, 100% we would engage in that activity. Some random woman I just met? Absolutely not. I'm not touching you. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Alice, the hyper religious mother of Kevin, played by Judith Ivy, who I don't know if many people know this name. I, I certainly did did not. Um, I'm just looking her up now. <laughs> the Woman in Red. Hello again. The Long Hot Summer. Designing Women. I mean, I would I would assume sort of a character actress of her time. Um Flags of Our Fathers, Mystery Alaska. Um, Devil's Advocate, though, is probably her number one. And we picked her because <clears throat> just her character kind of seemed important. And, you know, she's the one who kind of reveals the story of, like, 
the information of like who Kevin is, where he comes from. Um, she probably should have done it earlier, like much, much, much earlier in his life. I did think he has a point where he's like, you're telling me now while I've just committed my wife to a mental hospital that my father, that you had premarital sex as a teenager in a New York like restaurant or something like that. And then after, spoiler alert, after Charlize dies, she's like, Milton's your father. It's like, okay, could have saved us a ton of trouble if you just sort of right. led with that. Like, know? there's a definitely a point where, like, because I believe, like, maybe she has no idea about, until she gets there, about, like, what his job is and what he was actually called here to do and, like, who his boss is. And then she meets this guy and is like, uh-oh. Like, I think he's, like, preying on you. And then, like, just revealing, like, whoopsie. I never thought you'd ever meet this man, but he's your father. It just makes more sense to just put it up front because it's there's still so many reveals to be had. Like, yeah, he's his dad. So, of course, like, you've taken an interest in me, whatever. But then, like, they're still finding out that he's the devil. And, like, there's still so many other things. Let's just get that out of the way because it is a big reveal. And then let's keep going instead of splitting it up into this whole thing where it's like, well, this happened in New York. It's not my first time being here. Not a huge reveal. Not not terribly important for the time. But Keanu been. reacts in a way where he's like, she's never been here. Right, mom? Mom, you've <laughs> never been to New York. Yeah, yeah, say it. Say you've never been. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, I I agree. I think, like, I love this character just from the perspective of, like, we start to think, like, oh, she has an issue with his wife and she's very religious and it feels like they don't have really have a relationship because of it. And... Then, like, there's just some... We have, I think, sympathy for her, ultimately, for being like, well, there's a reason. Like, there's no way she doesn't know something's off. Especially once, like... Like, I think that's, too, why I liked having Milton as a young man. Because it's like, let's say you meet the father of your child and he's the exact same age he was when you met him previously, 30 years ago. That is off-putting. And I think puts her on high alert as to, like, it's not just this man's your dad it's also something's very wrong Mm -hmm. and where am i going um should i just tell you who i cast yeah (laughs) i use this as a moment to stunt cast because i think it would be great to throw a really big face in um to give us a little to give a little clout to the mom totally and i really liked sandra bullock for this whoa yep i see it i see it so clearly in my mind's eye I like that. I mean, she's not in this movie very much. I think she's only in it for like 15 minutes. So why not? I mean, I did the same thing. I, I cast an actress that was just like, you're recasting a person who's going to deliver one or two important scenes. You might as well like grab an Oscar winner. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like two, three days work. <clears throat> that's kind of interesting. I think my brain scrambled because Keanu, the Keanu connection, but like it doesn't, it's not really there because Keanu's not in your Right, version. he would not be in. I do think it would be insane if you did remake Devil's Advocate and then you cast Sandra Bullock and Keanu's like, where, well, how come I'm not there to hang out with Sandra, you know? It's a shame he's married now. Not a shame. I haven't had a dream, maybe. But 
the what could have been between him and Sandra just always sits in my oh, mind. Oh, I know. He could have saved her like a life of dating that <sighs> oh racist piece gosh. of shit. And they like they liked each other and they felt something and then neither of them just did anything about I it. I know. I but mean, there's the, also Winona too. I mean, they kind of he's kind of technically married to Winona at the same time, so That's true. That's true. Um I I cast uh Alfrey Woodard from Ooh. so many things uh she's coming out with a new i think it's a new show called clemency also starring aldous hodge yeah. which i didn't realize but um that's a poignant performance you're setting us up for right there yeah i mean she's getting like rave reviews for it um i like your idea though you're like you're like the young satan showing up to the mom like the mom Revealing himself to the mom just it just it's totally right spot on. Like he has an age today. Who has an age today? Something is very wrong. You need to leave. We all need to leave. We need to get out. Like you can see that scene in your yeah. head. Um and that because that makes so much more sense than like his wife going down the the crazy train and being like, something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that she didn't have reason to believe that. Like, it makes more sense for him to be like, Mom, you're going nuts. <laughs> because she's the one who's like, you got to get out of there. This man is dangerous. And he's like, what? This man has given me everything. Honestly, let's just write the dialogue. His face that night, I knew it was him. Same. I mean, you were so proud that you had just come to New York and done this all on your own. I didn't have the heart to tell you. I mean, you wondered yourself the money, the apartment, all the attention, everything out of nowhere. Say it! Milton, he's your father. He's your father. Ah, he's your father. And then it's just like wailing in the lobby. It's like, there's a much more <laughs> slicker way to do this. Should we move on to Christabella, played by Connie Nielsen? Christabella. Her first movie, I think, or her first at least American movie, mm -hmm. she had to speak like two different languages while filming this. She had to like do a scene in Italian. Al Pacino also speaking Chinese, yeah. speaking Spanish. It was pretty uh, pretty impressive. I'm not sure if I would go the whole brother-sister route, but story-wise, it does tie everything up nicely in a really neat, fucked-up way. But, again, I'm just here to cast, like, the best actor yeah. for the job. So I went with Jodie Comer because, like... Ooh. I mean, I... Like Jodie Comer from Killing Eve, and she was mm -hmm. just recently in Free Guy, but she's going to be in like The Last Duel. I think this is a, uh, an actress who can do literally anything. Yeah. Who is very sexy without being like really like overt about it. And mm -hmm. so, whatever road you want to lay in in terms of like, <clears throat> excuse me, seduction between her and Kevin, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can like, you can play with that. You like, if you, want to make it a little more nuanced a little more like office affair you can if you want to make it more sultry just sort of pure carnal attraction you can also do that but physical stuff aside she's going to play she's going to play this character in a very nuanced way which if you really think about it she's also she's kind of an extension of Milton right like yeah. she she knows what's going on, so she she should probably play more of an active role in like destroying Marianne, isolating her, or or seducing Kevin in in, in a different way than that's just like sex, right? Like, 
there has to be some other alluring thing than it's just like, oh, right. Keanu wants to fuck Connie Nielsen because he's no longer attracted to brunette Charlize Theron. Like, okay. Which truly wild that the plan was, we're going to dye her hair brown because he's going to, ha- like, nobody loves a brown haired person. Ugh, she's, he's going to be disgusted. Brown. Um, I think you're right. I think there is a there is a version where she's less of an object and more because I like where it's going, where like she is clearly trying to seduce him and getting in his head and like he's making love to his wife and all he can see is her like knowing that she's playing a clear role and it's not just she's a tool of Milton's plan who is there to in most cases just stand and look pretty. Yeah. Um, again, just making the female characters, whether you, whether they're a villain or not, giving them their own things to do so that it's not just like, oh, well she's, cause right now it is like, she is an extension of him. And it's like, nah, she doesn't have to be, it can be a reveal that she and him are actually doing all of this because she wants the same thing as he, he does. Oh dear. I'm going to scare you away. No. No, really. I'm fine. Yeah? I'm fine. But you like to be on top, don't you? Excuse me? Of the situation. You prefer to be on top, right? Depends on the view. But I think you're right. I think Judy Comer is so versatile. And I'm so sad she's in this, like, weird period piece with the two Boston bros. (laughs) Because she is so, like good and i just anyway anyways what are we talking about christabella Christabella. okay so for my christabella i picked i think jodie comer's great i picked for my christabella i just said that what am i talking about ana de armas ah funny speaking of an ex of the man himself um mostly because i so i wait ana de armas the actress or the cut out ben affleck had Casey throw out in the dumpster. <laughs> that she literally is she's an object come to life in this movie. Um I love her. I saw No Time to Die this weekend. How was it? And it was great. So many good homages to the whole series, which I watched in order to prepare for this wow. movie. All of them. Um it was a long journey. The 80s were not good. Um <laughs> I think she's so she's so special because there is something very like girlish and charming about her <clears throat> while at the same time she puts like one slight twist in her mouth or her eyebrow and she's like a complete like sex goddess like I think she could easily play that manipulation that we want to see of like oh me little old me yeah into like Oh no, like you're never going to stop thinking about me. Like you will never be able to sleep with your wife again. That sort of like twist I can see. And I just I just love her. I think she adds something to everything she's in. Yeah. She's definitely on the short list for this because mm-hmm. for everything you just said, but also the thing about her which I really like and and I could be wrong about this cuz I I don't know her every movie that she's been in, but like has she ever played like an evil person? It doesn't seem like in her Actually, nature to. Well, don't spoil James Bond if that's like. Oh a thing. no no no! 
But like, it doesn't seem to be in her nature to be like a sinister person. So she's like, yeah. she's disarming, like her beauty is disarming, but like, I feel like her charm, like her, like her, her knives out, right? Yeah. It, it's this sort of weird thing where like someone is so beautiful that you're like, oh, like why would they ever mm. like look at me? And then they're like, they sit down next to you, they start talking to you and you're like, wait, what is happening here? And then you realize that they're just like a good person. And then you realize that beautiful people have low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> and but we're all just monkeys out here trying to survive. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that like you won't see it coming. Yeah. Where at the end she's like, yeah, I want to take over the fucking world. Are you fucking kidding me? I want to burn this fucker down. And you're just like, holy shit, what is happening? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've seen that in her. But you were going to mention something. I was going to actually, the actually came from, she was in a movie called Knock Knock with Keanu oh, Reeves. Yeah, wait a and minute. I forgot about that yeah, one. Yeah, she plays Free a pizza. sort of like um, <clears throat> unassuming, like helpless girl. And she and... um. I hate that I can't remember her name because she, I want to just say Eli Roth's wife at the time. She's more than that. Um, they end up like terrorizing yeah. him. Oh, I've seen the movie. Okay. That sort of thing is like what we're talking about where it's like charming enough to disarm you and then turn sinister. Yeah. She could do it. Yeah. I think You fucked me. You <laughs> fucked me. It was free pizza. <laughs> oh gosh he's done some wild things and i love him for it um okay that's it but uh should we get on to our our, our pride and joy we have to guys where does barry pepper go i feel like there's one or two spots okay maybe did we guess the same i don't know because there is a policeman in this movie. It's true. I didn't go that way. No. I cast him as Alexander Cullen, the rich billionaire that Kevin has to defend, played by Craig T. Nelson. Me too. All right. I mean, that seems pretty obvious. It's the big meteor role. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. Like, we usually have these, like, bit parts to give him. But this time, it's like, yeah, maybe you killed someone. Maybe you're evil. Yeah. Maybe you're evil Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, Murphy likes Which it. Donald Trump is yeah. evil Donald Trump, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Speaking of Donald Trump, oh, sorry, everyone. My dog is in the room with us today. He's being such a good boy. A good boy but okay, we got to wait, bud. <laughs> Up until right now. Speaking of Donald Trump, Trump's apartment mm -hmm. makes an appearance in this movie. His fucking tacky-ass golden penthouse suite in Trump Tower. Acts this, as this, this real Collins, estate yeah. giant's apartment yeah his name is also name dropped in a joke that i didn't get oh yeah something about yeah Paul i didn't Zucker. get it either but i was like huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um here's another thing the power of keanu compels you keanu reeves accepted a lower salary so the producers mm. could pay al pacino's asking price when pacino later heard about this he donated the same amount of his salary to charity that's keanu baby Pacino would have taken that fucking money and oh, 100%. bought cases of wine and just cigar and cigars and just fucking mutated further into <laughs> the pouch he's become. This is something that I thought was interesting because they name dropped a couple of names of people that 
Pacino, who um, turned down this movie a couple times before, of who he thought should play it and who else was considered for the part. And it's clear that I don't necessarily think that Pacino was the best, but would any of these people have been better? His suggestions were Sean Connery or Robert Redford, maybe. He also suggested uh, somebody throughout Richard Gere, which I actually think would have been good. But yeah. The other one was Kevin Spacey. Oof. And honestly, yeah, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and speaking of actual monsters, the only other note I wrote is that when you see Jeffrey Jones on screen for the first time, I just said, "Uh oh, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones." <laughs> Another reason we didn't uh, talk about him until the end. Uh, okay. <laughs> Would you remake this movie? Yeah. I think it's one of those movies that will be, it's forgotten enough that you could really do something new with it and it would be a lot of fun. And it fits into that box I know we've talked about before where it's like, we don't make these kind of movies anymore. These sort of like sexy thrillers, like, bringing that back into the universe i don't think not a bad thing like it was very much an 80s and 90s like sweet spot that made money for studios and i really think you would i think making these sort of like adult thrillers like i think there's still an audience yeah. for that that's like i just want to go to like a grown-up movie that has like the plot of a thriller and not necessarily a drama, which I think we get a lot. Um, yeah, I just, I, why not? Yeah. I, I'm a maybe, I think like a TV show in the horror genre, like a Mike Flanagan Netflix mm -hmm. limited series could be excellent. I feel like when you, when you, when you say we're going to remake the devil's advocate movie, I don't know if we did this today, but it's got to be surprising. And I feel like mm. in a TV show, that's going to give you a little more latitude to do more things and explore different things that the movie doesn't. But yeah, I mean, I'm literally working on a devil project right now. So I'm not going to say no to, to I almost said I'm not going to say no to Satan, but. Uh, it's a lot of devil <laughs> in your life. It's true. That's true. Well, uh, that's it for us, guys. I hope you guys have a little devil in your life this <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Get into some mischief. Get into, you know, treats and tricks and tricks for treats. And by little devil, we mean find a, find a short Al Pacino-like man and befriend him this Halloween season. Uh, look, I know we haven't been around, but we still are chugging along. Uh, we're going to have an episode for you sometimes and sometime, I'm sure. Hopefully before the end of the year. Hopefully for Thanksgiving and maybe for Christmas, depending Ooh. on our work schedules. Uh, if you like this episode, are you dying for more of us? You miss us? The past... You know, check out our past episodes. Kind of where can the people find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. I almost forgot what it was called as if I don't use it every single day. Um, and on most podcasting apps, stop by and leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. That's the best way to help us out. Um, and we're several years into this and just still trying to grow. Uh <laughs> You can find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and Instagram. I should really post more on there. Hmm. So should I. Yeah. Guys, we're <laughs> Who has the time? <laughs> we need an assistant for this podcast and to run our social and to help us figure out what the hell project we have to work on next. So uh, thanks for joining us again, guys, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I wish I had a Pacino impression to give you. Just give us a, a hua. Hua! 
Here's the chicken. What? Here's a chicken. Plays tic-tac-toe, never loses. Never loses like you. <laughs> tic-tac-toe. <laughs>